It was the bad sausage. Do you require us? You you Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And I am Chris. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the financial filigrist. Uh, as you may, I'm really impressed I managed to say that. Uh, as you may have guessed, we have, uh, we've got Mr. Chris Cash back. Guest, guest. Yes, guest. Hello, hello. Hello. Uh, so we, uh, should we do a quick, because everyone knows who you are now. Uh, should we do a quick round the room and see what everyone's been up to? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Who's going to go first? Bags, you're not it. Me. There we go. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, Caroline is visiting again from Prop Shop Berlin. Um, and yesterday we went to the cultural city of Bradford, um, <laughs> which was my initial reaction as well, Steve. But I was pleasantly surprised. Um, we went to the Science Museum. It was cool. And the Media Museum. And we saw lots of cool like animation stuff and uh, puppets and stop motion. Um, and then we went to a really, really dingy shithole club for an all-day uh, music festival. Amazing. And, and just drank beer and, yeah, it stank. Um, and currently trying to make a puppet for the puppet deadline that it's just tomorrow. <laughs> so if wow. any of you lot haven't made puppets, you need to make them by Monday. <laughs> which, which would have been two days ago by the time this comes yeah, out. Yeah, so past, pu- pu- puppets in the past. Yeah, Stop living in the past, Steve. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, all right, I've also been uh, making terrible thumbnails, apparently. So. <laughs> Mickey Mouse thumbnail. <laughs> so that's why Chris is back on, just yeah. so we can oh. have thumbnail redemption. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be the best thumbnail we've ever done. So, oh. so Chris, other than uh, being very upset about thumbnails, what have you been up to? So Brett came down last weekend. We did the now everybody knows the anchor video is out. Yeah. And it is fantastic. Like I said, it was shot in my shop, and I don't even—it doesn't even look like my shop. I love it; it's amazing. And uh, Brett's vision came to fruition, and it was amazing. I loved it. And then after that, I got deathly ill, <laughs> and uh, for four days I didn't come out of the house. And now I'm—I'm I'm back. I'm 100% back though, and we're up here helping out, uh, setting up for the upcoming classes at Jim's nice. place. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Chris is nice enough. <clears throat> There's a couple other guys up here today, but Chris was nice enough to come up and help because uh, there's just a lot of preparation that I could use some extra hands on. And after the anchor build, I wanted a bigger break from him, but he wouldn't let me. So, <laughs> um, putting the video up though, like I'm legitimately, I'm very proud of that video. I think. Uh, I told Chris a little bit, but this is one of those kind of moments that uh, it, it hits me that I met Chris two years ago. We stayed kind of in touch, but then steadily got more and more comfortable around each other. And then, you know, had some fun during the classes and everything, got to meet each other. And now here we are two years later recording your second podcast. We made an anchor driving together. six hours back and forth to see each other. <laughs> <Hang out>. Yeah. <laughs> But that, you know, that would have never come about had I not changed my life around and gotten into this world. So it's putting the video up is great. And I love how it turned out. But it's also a really nice reminder of the kind of adventure and the the community that Mm. this has all become. Yeah. Um, And just, you know, a reminder that putting yourself out there and, and making these decisions can really 
freaking benefit pay off. Pay off yeah. in the end. Ooh, pay oh, off. Nice. <laughs> Steve, thrown it to you. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that, and that's a really nice, um, it's a really nice sentiment to attach to that video. That's good. Uh, what have I been up to this week? What have I done? Uh, I I cut up some wood, got some apple wood from the 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 orchard, which is quite nice. Um, Folded my clothes. <laughs> yeah. Iron <laughs> hankies. Uh, Oh, um, so Beryl that owns the workshop that I rent um, yes. had her grandkids um, for the, the weekend. Um, so Friday evening after work, um, I had them both uh, come into the workshop for an hour and we just made a couple of nails and then like, well, I made a couple of nails to show them how it, it works. And then I did um, uh, like a, a very, very simple J hook, but they each had a hammer and they were basically like team striking with me. Um, and that was, that was really, really fun. And they got really, really excited and really into it. And, mm-hmm. and now one of them is determined that he's going to be a blacksmith when he's older. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I've said to him that like uh, in the future, when I'm down, when I'm in the workshop a bit more often, um, they can, uh, they're like more than welcome to come and like have a play and, and see what I'm up to and things like that. But, cool. um, but yeah, I think that's, Basically, yeah, I don't think there's anything then, else. Didn't Jim, give you, uh, Jim from Wave Cycles gave you some badassery? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I talked about that as well. That that sign is amazing and ben beautiful Barrel. and so so cool. <laughs> you're, um, you're never allowed to change the logo now for the yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so it's cool. Stuck. But uh, but yeah, I, I think that's pretty much it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's nothing, nothing else. Oh, that's your story. We're All right, bye. <laughs> bye. Uh, yeah, and after uh, two, how long has this podcast been going on? Like two and a bit years. Uh, I've finally uh, quit my job. So Yay! I've got First announcement. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. I've got three weeks left now, like three shifts uh, left of uh, of work. The long then, um, three weeks. Oh, it sucks, <laughs> but it's it's kind of great because. Uh, I've like the last shift. I uh, I spoke to my boss and he, and he was talking about like what's left on um, the backlog for me to work on. Uh, and he kept just looking at things and going, "No, you're not going to do that. No, you're not going to do that." It's <laughs> just like, ah, oh, just just do whatever. Like, and yeah. So, but it's been quite nice. Um, I'm on the last day. Are you just going to smash keyboards and fucking <laughs> <laughs> pretty much? Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I. Uh, yeah. I'm happy for you. That's fantastic, man. Uh, I'm so, so excited. It's been, it has been a really long time coming. Um, and there's been a lot of work that's kind of got into getting to where I am now. Um, and I've, I've spoken about it before. Like there's, there's still a thousand reasons why I, why this isn't the right time to be doing it. Um, but there's, there's a couple of big reasons why it's, why it is the right time. And it's kind of one of those that, yeah, it, yes, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be perfect, but I have to take the, uh, I have to take the plunge and actually do it. And yes. I, I'm so fucking excited. Happiness is going to win every time. Oh, mate. Exactly. That's the thing is it's, it's, it's working to be, to be happy. And that's, that's yeah. like the main goal at the end of the day. But, awesome. but yeah. Uh, well, so, that leads nicely into a segue that Steve has prep. Uh, yes <laughs> no it doesn't um but yeah no, so basically because i'm doing 
because obviously I'm going to be doing that full time. I'm now working uh, for Alex in in his workshop, um, as well as um, obviously I, I I've talked about it before. Uh, I spent the first part of the year kind of reorganizing my workshop, um, and I've been getting a few more tools and bits uh, recently as well to make sure that when you know when the time comes, I'm actually ready to ready and prepped, ready to go um, and make almost anything. So um, when you say you're going to be at Alex's and your place, then you're going to be splitting time between both. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially I've got um, a certain amount of work guaranteed for Alex, which is it's enough to cover the mortgage, um, right. but not the rest of the bills. Like, so it's an, it's enough that I'm guaranteed to not lose the house, but right. I might, um, I might not be able to eat anything every else. month sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's it, it's going to be quite a nice split because between uh, the work that Alex has got on the commissions that I've kind of already been asked and um, like taken on, um, and luckily I know enough people around here that there's always a little bit of like day labor sort of work and things like that that I can pick up to uh, to help make ends meet. I think um, once you can devote a full eight hours to doing what you want and what you love, you're not going to have to worry about day labor work. You're going to have more yeah. work than you know what to do with as far <laughs> as blacksmithing and metalworking goes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the thing is it's, it's been a kind of a case of um, there's always been like a thousand ideas and a thousand things going on yeah. in the back of my head that I want to do. It's just not having the time to necessarily do them. Um, when your when, traditional nine to five job goes out the window and uh, yeah. this door opens up where you don't have all those responsibilities and all those deadlines and all that. Yeah. It's, it's eye opening. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll be like, I never thought I could put this much time into, you know, what, what you're passionate about. But once you do it, it's, you're going to be like, you're going to work more. Yeah. Doing that, doing what you love than what you did in your nine to five. Yeah, exactly. And well, and the, be- the beauty of it is, is like you say, it's not only the fact that I love doing it. It's the fact that, you know, I, it, it's not going to feel like work. It's not going to feel like, oh, I've got to go to work today. Like even, right. when, I'm, even when I'm going to the workshop, uh, like the last few weeks, uh, going to Alex's workshop, we've been, the, the stuff we've been doing hasn't necessarily been uh, making as such. It's like right. um, we've been clearing the ground and getting them. Yeah, like yeah. Put, putting cladding up and stuff like that. It's yeah. not necessarily, you know, what I'm really passionate about, but it's yeah. a much better environment. It's, yeah, I'm already happy. You know, I'm working with people that I get on with. And, and Same thing that. at your shop when you're there full-time working at your yeah. shop. You're going to be able to organize it and straighten it up the way you want. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not going to have to be sat there going, like, if I get an idea, I can go, oh, right, I can, I can jot that down. I can work on that or I can right. do whatever. Whereas yeah. at the moment, it's... Oh, I've got a great idea, but I'm stuck working on this other shitty issue that I've got to sit and watch for the next six hours, sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I'm, and also I'm not going to spend three to five hours a day driving, um, which is going to be a, a big, big bonus because like your commuters right now. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's an hour and a half each way, uh, but longer if there's traffic, um, and. The thing is, is I, in a way, I love that commute because it means that you know I get time to listen to all the podcasts. It means I get time to uh, think. Like the amount of times that I've pulled over on the side of the road to send Al and Brett a message because I've come up with a, an idea, or you know, I've stopped you to write some to podcast while you're working in your workshop too. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, 
but like and it's just like it's time to to think and and all that and i'll come yeah. up with ideas and i can jot them down and, and things right. like that um but yeah i'm i'm super excited to not have to do that every single day it's gonna be good fantastic but, uh, but yeah uh so that kind of segues into what we were going to talk about it does we're going to talk about shops and and building a shop not necessarily the frame of the shop or the structure of the shop but uh making whatever a shop is in your mind to whatever you want to make come to uh fruition and come to uh um, what you want it to be we'll talk about that yeah because it's funny excuse me uh i was over um my parents place earlier on today um talking to my dad because it turns out he's got a a bandsaw that's been sat in a container uh at his place that's just been sat there for four years originally he got it for my brother um he didn't need it and didn't show any real interest in it so it's just been sat there and uh and i said to dad the other day it's like, oh i'm thinking about you know trying to get a bandsaw for the workshop and he's like oh oh i've got this one and just showed it to me there you go um, and we were having a, a chat because there's a load of workshop equipment in there that's uh, that belongs to both my dad and my brother because it's this right. uh, like storage container. Um, and and dad was saying like how badly he wants to just have a like be able to build his own workshop and sort it out and just put things in there. And like he's yeah he's he's semi retired. He's he's not necessarily a, a maker as such. He just wants to have a space where he can go and when he wants to fix something or when he wants to make something he can go and do it. Um, and we were, we were talking then, like it's, it's down to him entirely what he wants. Cause there's, there's a shed there that he can use, but in his head, he's like, oh yeah, but I need X amount of space. I need to have this and that and the other. I was like, well, you've already got a shed. Why not start with that? And, you know, clear, clear the crap out of that, put a few tools in, figure out what you're actually using it for, what you need, and then kind of build on it from there. And if you do need to build a new space, then, you know, at least you've got the, the small shed to to start in and then you can kind of expand on it because i think a lot of people like have this idea of of a dream shop and right. then go off and that that's that's what they're chasing they're not they don't want to go through those steps they just want to go straight into fantasy land isn't it um, funny that uh you see I, i've seen it before you see guys that have buildings filled with tools and they go one day i'm gonna have a shop and i'm gonna be able to have, like we have <laughs> five buildings out here filled yeah. with tools like one of those could essentially be you can a shop can be a a 10 by 10 space a a 7 by 8 space you know it's like i i know a a guy that does amazing iron work and i said one day i want to come see your shop so i went to connecticut and i saw his shop because it's not that impressive you're not going to think it's all that he said it's a chicken coop what do you mean it's a chicken coop i thought he was talking about dimensionally wise it was an actual chicken (laughs) on the barn he wanted a shop so he turned the old chicken coop into his shop and the ceilings were only you know five and a half foot tall you had to turn your head sideways to walk in but that's where he that was his space and he made it his own and i think a lot of people like you said they get they get a, a lot of people get caught up in the money aspect of I need X amount of dollars to create yeah. this beautiful, amazing workshop. When in reality, you can do it out of a five by eight building or whatever, what have you. And yeah. and uh, I get I get messages all the time. Guys tell me you're so lucky to have that. You're so lucky to have this. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm gonna blow everybody's mind right now. <laughs> Everything in my shop was essentially free, not in terms of free money like people gave them to me but somehow i created a way to achieve to get this tool in a way where i didn't have to spend 
like money nonsense money on it. Yeah. I have a people ask me why I haven't put concrete in my shop yet. I still have a dirt floor shop and I tell them because I wanted that power hammer, I wanted that grinder and the dirt floor doesn't matter to me. Yeah. You know, I I wanted this tool or this tool, so I figured out a way to get and I started out with the $30 grinder. I made stuff on the $30 grinder that could eventually get me to buy the $70 grinder or the $80 grinder. You know, it's just like people get stuck in this mentality that you have to have X amount of dollars to build this space out. And Al is a very good example of having a minimal space and building the most amazing shit ever. (laughs) I think think the the size thing is really, really interesting because like you said, Chris turned up at a guy's shop and he's like, Oh, you're not going to be impressed because it's not very big or whatever. And it's like, why, why is it a better shop? Cause it's bigger. Like I, I know if I had more space, I'd just fill it with more shit. It's like goldfish syndrome, right? Exactly. Like the, the more room there is, if I'm just going to put more junk, or I, I'm just going to yeah. make more mess. Like the having restricted space is, is helpful because like you have to tidy up. Otherwise you can't get any work done. Like if I had a big, if I had a twice as big a shop, there'd be twice as much mess. Like it doesn't make it, doesn't make it twice as more productive. I think if I was doing maybe like production work, like, you know, cabinet making or something, yeah, you could do with the space. Um, But yeah, for me, it being larger is not, is not a sign of impressiveness. Like um, there's, there's literally a dude um, called Steven in Lancashire with the the eight by six. And it's literally an eight by six shed and he's got everything like perfectly aligned and you know he knows how to put he knows how to put shit away properly all his units are like um tools on top of tools and they all kind of like swing out and rotate and you know he's he's come up with smart solutions um same as steve maker over in hull like he's got this tiny like like you said this this i think it was an outhouse originally right um and he's he's literally like you know it hasn't nothing's there's no mod cons in there he's literally the outhouse you know no windows or anything it's just like this is a place I can go and make sparks and I'm not going to burn the house down. Right. And that's and what that's he's using it for. And it, it's fucking great. And, and it, it's what's in his head that matters. You know, it's that's, yeah. that's his, that's his workshop. That's, that's the, that's the space that matters and what's, what's in there because his, his imagination is what, you know, it doesn't matter what size it is. You know, go outside right. if you need to, as long as it's yeah. not pissing down with rain, go and make it outside. Yeah. And so. even, even if it is pissing down with rain, you can, you can put up a gazebo or something like that. Like gizzard. It's yeah, a, a gizzard. Um, you could put four but, sticks in the ground and put a tarp over it. Yeah, exactly. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's always a way around it. No, I've seen that. I, I know guys that like they have sticks in the ground with a tarp over it. And that's where <laughs> all their tools stay, and that's where they work. Yeah, and and that's the thing. It's like I've seen quite a lot of uh, guys, especially over in America, and um, and their their blacksmith shop is literally tarp. just just a a concrete base and some sticks with either like tin roof or whatever yeah. and it's it's open on all sides it's just area. it's yeah. it's just a, a space to in which to work and that's at the end of the day that's all a shop is it's just a space where like like our says it's a space where you can you can make sparks and you're not going to burn the house down it's it's just somewhere where you work and um yeah i mean you've got uh uh lucas with the the maker truck yeah like you know that, that's a mobile workshop you can make whatever you want <laughs> from that shop and uh and yes, I mean, granted that that's obviously going to cost a lot of money and everything else, but you know, you, you don't need to have the the biggest and best shop. And, and like Chris said, it, it also matters what you actually intend to do with it. Like if you just want, if you want a, a, a space where you can go out and you can just, you know, you can have it as, is where you relax and you chill out, then yeah, it, it might be 
better for you to have a bigger space. But if you actually just want to put, make put it, carpets in, if you want, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but if you just want, if you know, if, if you if you know that actually, I just want somewhere where I can still store a few tools. I can set up a you know a, a jigsaw, and I can I can sand without getting the entire house covered in sawdust. Hmm. Well, all right, well, just get literally a little tiny garden shed. And go set up in that. Like I I remember um, when I first moved here, all I wanted was a little garden shed, so I could just go and sit in that and I could just fettle with stuff in that. It was just somewhere to keep some tools and and to work on stuff where I wasn't going to get the entire house covered in grease and sawdust and all kinds of shit. <laughs> right. And and I think it, it is one of those, like every time you you kind of upgrade, there's always like, a, oh, if I had somewhere a bit bigger, then I could do yeah. this. There's but, always the, there's always the oh, if only yeah. syndrome, isn't there? It doesn't matter how satisfied you are. There's like, I could just do with a little bit more space. I could just yeah. do with a little, few more plug sockets. Oh, yeah. maybe, maybe three <laughs> phase oh, is a good idea. You know, it's plug <laughs> sockets. Don't even get me started. <laughs> so for your- the guys on the, on the alternative, so the guys that are going to say, well, we don't, I don't have the space to put that up hmm. or I don't have, I can't do it. Maybe their uh, neighborhood restrictions don't allow them to yeah. put up a building or a shed yeah. or what have you. Maybe they maybe they live in a townhouse or they don't even have a yard, period. My recommendation to those guys would be to go find somebody that uh, has a common interest or maybe another workshop and go spend. I used to do it before I had a blacksmith shop. I used to go over to this old gentleman's place. Every Friday night, I would meet him over there and he would fire up the forge for me. He was like 65 years old. He got (laughs) such a kick out of it that somebody wanted to come over and hang out with him. But I didn't have a place. I didn't have a blacksmith shop. So I went over there every Friday because that was my space where I could heat up a piece of metal and, and learn, you know, yeah. so to the guys that say, I don't have this space. I don't have that place. There's a place out there. I guarantee you within an hour of you, whether it yeah. be a person with common <clears throat> or a works, uh, a hack space. <laughs> no, but even, even like old, like industrial places, like yeah. Yeah. just, just as you said that it made me think like when I go to work every day where I park right next to it is just this old abandoned, like, you know, and it says on the sides, a space to rent and it's like dirt cheap. Yeah, and if you yeah. like you said, if you if you found someone else, a couple of buddies, yeah. you chipped in, you know, it's, it's probably it's probably got three phase power in there. You can make yep. as much shit as noise and and you know, because there's no residential, so you can do what you want. Right. Um yeah, that's a great shout. Like, cause I I literally was um limited with space because of uh, planning. Yeah. Like right. if I if it was any bigger, I'd have to get planning. So I may do with what what size I've got, but yeah, that's that's a great shout. Going and finding, and you finding don't somewhere necessarily, else. If you want to buy a, a a shed, like we're talking about, a, a small space, you don't necessarily have to buy brand new. There's people getting mm. rid of sheds yeah. behind their houses all the time. If yeah. you want to put in the work and go tear down somebody's shed, I mm-hmm. guarantee you that they will more or less give it to you and be happy to get another. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we did. We did. Um, uh, last summer, I, I posted basically went and built a summer house in my friend's garden and it was exactly that it was the display model of the summer house at the store and like they didn't want it and they were like well i can't sell it because uh it's not packaged so we can't ship it so they just have this display model sat on the lot they needed to get rid of it because they had this year's model coming it's like well if you can be bothered to come and take it down you can have it for like a few hundred bucks you know it was like it was so i that's what we did spent the time piece by piece taking apart this like log cabin and then yeah. you know it meant you got it for dirt cheap and it was essentially like brand new yeah because i mean the, there's loads on um uh facebook marketplace 
Um, yep. Like the amount of, of free to collect her, you just got to come <laughs> and take it apart. Sheds that I've seen. And Whether yes, it's the material or an entire structure, yeah. mm. there's always something out there. So yeah. if you, you have a means to get it or you have a buddy that has a pickup truck, there's ways to make the space you want. Yeah. And I think the like the the way that it it works out is you've got two options either you can spend money or you can spend time mm-hmm. and you know if you, you you've got to have one of those that you can invest in it but with a little bit of either you can make you can get a hell of a lot um whether it's like say you know you you spend the time and you go and take a shed apart and you put that up in yours or or you spend the time hunting around to try and find someone local that can do it i mean like i know um like uh going back to the point you said about uh, going to see someone on a Friday afternoon, when, uh, when I first got to know Alex, I, the job that I was working in, I said to them, right, I'm not working Fridays anymore. And I was, I was lucky enough that I was in a job that I could do that, Hmm. but I worked Monday to Thursday. And on Fridays I went and spent the day at Alex's workshop and I got paid next to nothing. um, And it was just basically getting experience. And I kind of, I said to him, like, I just want to come down. I want to get some experience. I want to get to to know how to do these things. And and that was it. He was really keen to do it. But if I'd have gone in there and I said, I want to come in and I want to make stuff in your workshop, then he probably would have said, well, no. Like, so it, it was it was kind of like investing that time to get to know him and to build that relationship with him where actually now I can say to him, oh, I want to come over and use the power hammer. Is that all right? And he's fine with it. Right. Um because you know, like you said, you, you kind of invested that time in it. And I know like Brett is a brilliant example of that. Like he was living in uh or I don't think you were living in New York at the time, were you? When you first got to know Jimmy? Yes. You were? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like living in New York. And like everyone knows that in New York space is fucking it at a premium. Um so going to to meet Jimmy and getting to to know him and, and working with, with Jim meant that Actually, then Brett had somewhere to work and he had somewhere that he could make all this stuff. Yeah, I made three <clears throat> very mediocre cutting boards after about a <laughs> month of proving that I wasn't totally like just a fanboy wanting to come and stare at Jim. And yeah. he he was nice enough. I, I found some scrap and I just said, do you mind if I just kind of get reacquainted with some of the tools? I, yeah. I'd love to continue working on this stuff. And he was nice enough to let me do it. And obviously it built out from there to where now I I do have my own little space on the wall and I have a handful of tools that I've accumulated. And yeah, I have access to, talked about it before, I have access to a lot of stuff in the shop, but I I'm I still like the limitations of, I try and work within my space, right? I, yeah. I try and actually just, well, it's it's a goal, right? I want to be self-sufficient. I've talked yeah. about it plenty of times before, but I would like to be self, self-sufficient. And I don't necessarily think, I appreciate what you guys are all saying about the space itself, like your mm-hmm. containment space. But when it comes to spending money on tools, it's a huge step for a lot of people to make to yeah, invest. Yeah. You know, we, we joke about angle grinders and the difference between certain brands and the pricing and everything. But when it comes down to actually building out, like what, what would your starter shop be? (laughs) How much money does that actually require? It's not getting free tools from people and asking favors and maybe doing some work, investing, like Steve said, investing your time to say, I will trade you a week of my work. If I can get that chop saw from you. Yeah. It's amazing. If you can find somebody like that and they, they are out there, but I, I love how Steve put it, that it's either an investment of time and money. 
Right. <clears throat> if you're willing to put the time into tearing uh, the display model down and then resetting it in your friend's place, yeah, it's advantageous for that company to just go, God, we it is going to cost us more money to do that than we'll get 200 bucks from you guys and take it away. Yeah. In, in Kansas, there were people knocking barns down on the regular basis. And if you tried to find reclaimed barn wood in New York city, you're going to pay $20 a foot, you know, for something that's kind of mediocre, whereas people will just give it to you in Kansas. So there's, I, I'm, I'm saying all of this to discuss, like, I've, I've picked up on it through the experiences that I've had here that, I've been able to do a lot with a little and because of my appreciation for learning what I want to do, because I'm still not dead set on like what, what my shop space is. Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable knowing that it's a little bit of a, of a hazy image of what that space actually looked like. Yeah. I would love to have a coal forge and a situation set up to where I have my own forging space, but this works so well for me right now. You create a shop within a shop. Well, (laughs) just just to really quickly, mentioned what Chris and I have talked about. He made the joke at the beginning of the episode, but he's like, Oh, it doesn't even look like my shop. If, if there's one thing I feel like I am not hindered by because of the time and effort that I've put into trying to film at a higher quality, you know, and, and try and produce like better visuals. Your shop is a dirt floor shop. It's a great shop visually. It, it is really yeah. stunning. If everybody ever gets to see it in person, but, um, like that, that was an exercise in working with what you got. Sometimes I had to like move the camera around and shove it behind stuff because the space isn't 5,000 square feet, yeah. but it, it actually created a really nice kind of intimate setting where I had to be next to the hammer because that was all yeah. the further I could put the camera away from it. You know, and I, yeah, I, I think, I think that makes a difference because it's, it's the same with me. Like the, 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 the distance that the camera is from when I'm <laughs> filming projects it makes you feel like you're in there. Yeah. yeah. It makes it, it makes it feel, feel more intimate. Um, I, lo- I love what you're saying, Brett, about the, the, the setting up as well. And this kind of, this idea of not quite knowing what it is. Um, and I think that's great. I think there's, there's a, there's a, an apprehension to like either, you know, pull the trigger on something because you oh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's like, just go for it. Like, I still don't quite know what I'm making in there. So it's, it's either evolving. Like the more I get into like, welding shit and want to hit hot bits of metal i'm thinking like do i open it up at the back and i've I, we were joking about the tarp and the four sticks a minute ago yeah. but that's seriously like on my agenda like i'm i'm, I'm thinking about opening like um having like a, a a thing that like swings open like a kind of marquee thing yeah. and then I, and then i can just go straight out the back make as much spark as i want not worry about burning down the inch of sawdust that's covering my whole shed all the time <laughs> um and you know adapting the space you know, yeah. making it into what I want instead of panicking and going like, "Oh, I need to get everything. I need to get everything sorted immediately," um, and then it's ready. Yeah, it's like, no, it's 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 an evolving space all the time. Same with tools, like it, like that initial outlay of money. If you want to get all the tools to get to to make sure that you want everything, <laughs> it's it's going to cost a fucking fortune. Yeah. And even if you do get stuff like you know, whether it's for free, Chris, or whether you know you somehow work out a way a deal on shit. You're never going to set up an entire shop unless you've got some massive windfall of cash. Like yeah. it's yeah. Th- this, this, this get everything all in one go stress thing. It just seems like so absolutely impossible. Yeah. The best yeah. shops that anybody's ever seen. I, I can one hundred percent guarantee you they didn't start with all of that stuff. Yeah. 
And because the thing is, is as well, like people always go like, oh yeah, because you know, with X amount of money, I could go out and I could buy everything I need. Mm, I guarantee yeah. you, you don't, because it's yeah. it's the things that you you don't think of along the yeah. way that all of a sudden you'll see like you'll go into the little and there'll be a little thing. And you go, oh, well, that's a five. Fuck it. Yeah, I'll, I'll get that. But it's not something you'd think of yeah, at yeah. the time. And then all of a sudden you find that that thing becomes the most useful tool you have. And like there's, there's stuff we've got in the workshop where we've we've quickly needed something. So we've knocked up a little, um, we've got like a little pry bar thing. That thing's one of the most used tools in the shop, but we never would have gone out and bought it. It was, we needed it. Yeah. So we got it. And now because we used it in that situation, it means that we always, it's our go-to thing. And because like you saying about evolving shops um, with, with my workshop, I, I started off with only having access to like half the workshop. And, you know, I spent the first three months just clearing it out because it was three inches of crap. And then, and then gradually as I've started to do more and make more, I've taken over more and more of the workshop to now I've got the vast majority of the space. And, and like I said earlier on, like I completely had to rejig everything um, at the beginning of the year because the way that I'd set it up and because of how I set it up thinking, oh, well, I'm going to be making X. It turned eggs. out to not mm. eggs. Yes. I'm going to be making <laughs> eggs. Um, but it turned out not to be true. So I ended up having to completely rejig the, sh- the workshop to, to take advantage of, of the things that were in it and, and to make it work for what I was doing. I think that's one of the things is the same with tools. You know, you, we've said before that there's a, there's a thousand videos out there on like set up a workshop for under a hundred dollars and all that sort of shit. <laughs> but, at the end of the day, it, it, there's no point in me watching uh, how to set up a workshop for a hundred dollars if it's on, yeah, you know, if it's a woodworking one. Like if you're doing hand woodworking, like that's the one to watch. Like, yeah, training but, hands. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it, it all depends on what you want to do, and yeah. and nobody knows exactly what they want to do straight off the bat. You might think you do, but it always changes because, like Al says, you know, you 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 discover more things. You have a go at something else and go, oh fuck, I really like this and you see someone else on, do something on the flip side you that. like you don't want to be spending money on shit if it turns out you don't like it yeah exactly. you know or like oh shit i've got to sell it and then you, you're not making the money back but i'm just thinking about what you said earlier chris about um sharing spaces um could the same thing apply to tools you know could it be like oh dude i really want to get into this you know we both want to try tig but yeah shelling out for a decent tig setup is is you know way out of my Eighty quid, uh, little budget. I was, yeah. I was joking actually that when when I got Jack, I was making knife. It's like it's the second most expensive tool in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> Behind my drill driver, it's the most expensive thing in the shop. You just gotta find somebody that uh, you can spend eighty quid, and somebody else will spend a thousand quid. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get the. Uh, I'll pay for the gas. You get. I'll the- cover the gas. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy yeah. the helmet. Yeah. <laughs> no but so, even if even if it's you know you pay for it but you can keep it at my shop yeah or, you know that 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 payoff okay you're not gonna be using something 24 hours a day so Absolutely. like it's like timeshare that kind of thing but yeah yeah that'd be that'd be a cool thing to do with tools yeah. tools here tools yeah, share. easy it's, it's the same thing with um with materials as well like especially for whenever you're doing anything it's fucking expensive like if you're doing something as a hobby it doesn't matter what you what you're buying if you've got very little in the way of free cash buying materials can be a right fucker and mm-hmm. yes you, you can reclaim stuff by going out and and splitting pallets up and surfing your neighborhood skips and things like that or you can go find someone that's doing it on, on an industrial level and speak to them like the the amount of uh tool steel that i've got from alex because it's it's scraps that he doesn't particularly need and 
every now and then I just got a, a handful of scrap tools still and and the same like the vast majority of the wood that I've used in the workshop for the last two years came from one trip to uh, a local joiner um went in and basically they were selling it they sell their scraps off for firewood and I said oh, have you got any because it'd be you know I could do with some and he was like oh yeah I have but it's a pain in the ass to split it all up and because you know everyone expects it to be all cut down and then split and all this I went well I'll take it as it is and I'll take as much as you've got and uh and the next day I got a phone call from him he said, right bring your Land Rover and we'll fill it up and hmm. literally filled the entire back of the Land Rover with um like lengths of wood and scraps and all sorts of like all kinds of weird shit in there and then that became my scrap wood pile which then meant that yes I was using a lot of it for kindling but I also had bits there to to try doing new things on and then that meant that all right okay I know what I'm doing with that tool so and I know like I've I've done a, a practice one so now I don't feel quite so bad going out and spending you know 10 15 quid on a a decent bit of wood sort of thing you can do a lot with a little. Yeah. So, and, yeah, sorry, Karen. Oh, I was just going to say that uh, to get really uh, personal money-wise, I'll tell you right now so everybody knows, like the anvil that I spoke about in my shop, that anvil was $3,000, but yeah. I did not pay $3,000. Pay $3,000 for it because I told Brett this story the other, when he was in the shop. I said, I figured out a way to get other things by trading. So I essentially, I had a coal forge, which was uh, one of my first coal forges I ever had. And a gentleman wanted it for his son to start Mm. black. The trade was I could go into his barn and pick whatever I wanted. (laughs) The barn. (laughs) (laughs) What he wanted to do was he wanted to clean the barn out so he could park vehicles in there. Right. It was all filled with all this antique stuff. He didn't care about any of it. So I essentially filled the back of my truck up with all these antiques and he was completely happy. He was excited nice. because <laughs> like, I don't want any of this stuff. This is fantastic. You sure you want it all? And I'm like, yeah, I want it all. You know, it's cool. So what it was, it was a bunch of old axes. It was a bunch of old antique primitive stuff. So all I did was I took the trade, which was essentially would have been a, uh, say $200 coal forge, you know, a little hand crank coal forge and turned it into 3000 by taking all those antiques. And because I wasn't spending $3,000 on an anvil, (laughs) I figured out a way that I could buy this anvil without spending my actual money, so to speak. And I've done that with uh, numerous things in my shop. I have never, ever in what I do on a day-to-day basis, I don't think I've ever bought anything brand new. Yeah. I don't think there's one brand new tool where I've actually like opened the packaging because it's just not me. Like I'll always look for the deal. I'll always look for the used part. I'll always look for the one that's kind of janky or broken and needs to pick. That's just me on the way up here to New York. I bought all this (laughs) janky equipment. Yeah, it's junky, but I know I can take it home and fix it up, use it for what I need it to do. You know, it's just like, just find a way. There's always ways. There's no, there's no real excuse to have like people say like, well, I don't have the money. No, there's ways to get the money, you know, yeah. whatever you want to, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to make, there's a way to make it. Yeah. And I think one of the things like to, that a lot of people don't get is cause I've, I've, I'm very similar. I've got a lot of the tools that I have in my workshop, uh, ones that I've either traded or I've been given or right. I've worked out some kind of deal on. And, 
and a lot of people say, well, how the fuck do you always manage to get these deals? Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's because I, I put myself out there and, you know, and I make, I make it known that I will say yes to pretty much anything. If it's, if it's <laughs> easy, not, not like that. <laughs> but, hey, right. You get all those tools. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of tools are you looking for? You? <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, I, I, I make it known that if, if someone's looking to get rid of some old tools or scrap or whatever, then yeah, even if it's a case of me going along and saying, you know what, I don't actually want any of this, but I'll take it off your hands because either I know someone that's, that's going to want it, or if it is, actually just junk then i'll yeah. say i'll tell you what i'll take it and i'll just take it to the scrapyard yeah and mm. and like do do things like that like make yeah. it known that i'll always kind of help out i i believe i told the story i i, I believe I, I told the story about the the big vice that i picked up a few months back yeah. but i have I, to say <laughs> stop <laughs> Right. It's it's my it's my own personal example or experience with I don't know meeting the flea market people up here or the guys that are getting rid of old tools or people that just have used shit. Um, it, again, it's a personal approach to it, but I I tend to try and have a a pretty personal conversation yeah. with them, yeah. and almost yeah. like what Steve said with the vices the other day is like, look. The guy had the the vice listed for four hundred dollars. Right. There was absolutely no way I could pay that much. Right. And it was a sixty mile drive to get up there. Yeah. Hmm. And all I told the guy before we emailed a couple of times back and forth, and I just said, I will be blunt before I even get in my car that I do not have four hundred dollars to spend on this thing. Yeah. But I told him that, you know, I'm really looking I will use this. This will probably be with me the rest of my life and it's yeah. a great piece of kit and I can't find one anywhere else because everyone's charging even more than that. And it actually, it, I don't, I don't use it every day. It's, it doesn't even show up in a lot of my videos, but it gets used a lot behind the scenes. I throw it up on my table and, and use it. And I talked to the guy for 30 minutes about just like, I really want to be able to not insult you by giving you some money. Yeah. And I don't want you to feel like you're getting swindled out of this and I'm going to turn around and go and sell it. Yeah. Um, and he was so nice just to see it go into the hands of somebody that was going to use it. And I clearly had an appreciation for the quality of it and everything like that. So he gave it to me for half that cost. Cool. I think, uh, that's, that's, I think a lot of people get deterred from traveling too to go get yeah. it. Yeah. It's 60 miles away. That's nothing. Get in your vehicle and go get <laughs> because yeah. the tool you might want or the tool that's an amazing deal, it's not going to be across the street. You're going <laughs> to have to go drive. If you follow me on Instagram, you see I drive everywhere for hours and <laughs> hours on end. The yeah. stuff isn't in your backyard. You're not going to find it. So don't let traveling deter you from getting this really good deal. If you say, oh, it's two hours away. Well, Okay, if the if the tool you want is five hundred dollars, but this guy has it for fifty, two hours doesn't sound that bad of a drive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and the thing is, is it, it's like going back to what Brett said. Like if you if you message someone and you're and you say, you know, I'm I'm going to be using it or whatever, and you know, I'm making this this long drive, then it also kind of helps people uh, want to offer you uh, a bit of money off, sort of thing. Yeah. Like yeah, they they want to give you a good deal if they know that you're really making the effort. If you're just kind of if you're turning along and just 
kicking a tire sort of thing. And it was to hang it in your shop. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, if you're just... Get a good deal on it. <laughs> if you're just going to go along and kick the tires, then they're not going to be interested. But if you're like showing real genuine interest, then then yeah. And, and that's the other thing is, like Brett said, like engage the people that are selling it. Don't just walk along and go, nah, no, that's that's too expensive and, and walk off. Like speak to them, ask them if they're like the, the worst someone can say. If you say, oh, could you do it for half the price or for $50 off or whatever. Say, the worst, yeah, exactly. Like, what's the worst? They say no, and you go, okay, I'm going to go home then. Yeah, that, that's enough, like, you asked for a price. I told yeah. you nothing close to that price. Right. Yeah. And we can agree that that was yeah. just how it goes. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of, of everything we're talking about, whether it be tools or your workshop or whatever, it's all perspective. And I think a lot of people need to change their perspective on what a dream shop is technically for them. You know, if you're, if you're super passionate about bowl turning, you don't (laughs) need a 50 by 100 building (laughs) in a 10 by 10 space and make some of the most amazing bowls and probably churn out hundreds of thousands of them. Yeah, exactly. at the end of the day, a dream shop is a shop that you can do what you want to do in. Exactly. Like it, it doesn't need to have all the bells and whistles. It's just, it's somewhere where you can go, you can make stuff and you can have fun. Yeah. So don't let money uh, hinder your um, decisions on what a dream shop is because there's multiple, multiple ways that you can uh, get the things that you really want. I yeah. think on the, on the flip side of that as well, Chris, something you, you brought up at the start was about... Um, not necessarily the outlay of cash and you know setting up the shop, but also the opposite. Like, how can you get your shop to to, to start paying you back? You know, actually work for you and yeah. help you out with that. I'd really like to hear yours, your part on that, Chris, and also yours, Brett, in terms of like how you're able to kind of help sustain yourself. You know, find ways. I, you know, you look at like Jacko; he's great at making his shops work for him and making tools that he gets work for him, and you know, getting money out of things that how he acquires stuff or you know sell yeah. stuff on i think that's a really one way of doing it um but i'd love to hear you, you guys thoughts on yeah letting your shop pay you back as it were <laughs> i'm a big fan of like um buying the uh, i'll just use grinder as an example mm-hmm. buy the cheapest grinder <laughs> use that grinder to make whatever it is you want to make you know whether it be uh you know a bottle opener or a you know whatever whatever you want to make Use it. It doesn't necessarily have to be a grinder. I'm just using that as an example. <laughs> sell the things you make with the thirty dollar grinder to buy the sixty dollar grinder, and then use the sixty dollar grinder to make more things to get you the hundred twenty dollar <laughs> grinder. It's all it's all perspective. I mean, yeah, you want the five hundred dollar grinder, but you're gonna start with the thirty dollar <laughs> grinder. Yeah, the five hundred dollar grinder is gonna take a lot longer to pay off than the thirty dollar grinder. So, you know, I tell uh, there's guys that say. um uh, you know, going go to the blacksmithing aspect of it, uh, if you're going to spend $25,000 on a power hammer, you better be putting out a shit ton of iron work. Yeah. And I'm yeah. talking about guys that are doing it like on a from a production standpoint, not guys that are just having fun in the shop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Guys- it, in my head, a, a $500 grinder is just 10 grinders. <laughs> <laughs> but there are, there's grinders that come that high. I mean, you get into some of those... Uh, those, those Metabo uh, variable speed grinders, oh, yeah. talking some serious cash for some of those things. Yeah, you 
you want something with a, a lot of amps, I mean, you can spend you can spend any you can spend ridiculous amounts of money on anything. You can get hmm. the stupidest tool and find the one that you can find the ten dollar one, and then you can find the guy that made the two thousand dollar one. You know, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think that uh, that's exactly right, Al. Is you you figure out a way for everything to pay for itself. And, um, that's just, uh, you just make it work, whatever you're passionate about making, go make it and make that tool pay for itself. I think that's a really good like attitude to have as well, because it's, it's almost like the, um, justifying things, you know, sometimes you're like, Oh, I can't justify that. Or like that, that seems a bit, you know, if it's just a hobby or something, but yeah, if you're making it, making it pay for itself or making it justify its own kind of existence. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's the best way to, to, uh, to say it is justifying its own existence. It's like, you don't, if you, if you have, you know, the anvil I had before the anvil I have now, I was, it was 400 pounds. Well, the one I wanted, like my dream anvil was the, (laughs) well, I wasn't going to keep both of them. So like get rid of the one to justify me getting the other one. You know, it's like, you had to justify its its, its existence, and you have to do that with multiple things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I had yeah. two anvils until a week ago, right? <laughs> because and just as like a personal example, um, and because we're being a lot more transparent about money things, like money's constantly tight for a lot of us, yeah. you know, and and myself as well, and I was combing Craigslist one day and I was looking at just any anvils, you know, maybe going and seeing some old tools or seeing if I could catch a deal somewhere. Not that I needed another anvil, but I'm now getting into this space of I'm interested in what's out there. And I know that if there's an opportunity for me to do something similar with Chris, it's, it's not about me going out and trying to see what the biggest flip I can get. You know, how can I flip this into 20 times paid for it? It's more just like, that's a great piece it's sitting in your yard. Can I please go put it in the hands of somebody else? And I spent two hours going to pick it up, three hours cleaning it, another couple of hours prepping it and getting the pictures to Chris. I showed up in Maryland and 12 hours later, the anvil was gone. Yeah. And I, I gained money for it, but most of the reason that I did that entire process is because I need money to go to Maker Central. Like all, <laughs> or for the next tool or for the next tool. And, and yeah, it's a specific example that I have with the maker central thing, but I'm trying to find a way to justify going paying to, all that money yeah. and going to the UK. It's like, yeah. I have my yeah. friends there. Yeah. There's people that I want to see. I want to experience this event. I had such a great opportunity last year and I am not one to let money delegate my decisions yeah. for the things that make me happy. Right. Yeah. And, and those dream shops, Fuck the idea of a shop right now. This is like one of those dream moments of five years ago. Every event that I went to for my old job, I hated. Right. I didn't look forward to it. I'd meet the same people there every year. And it was just everybody talking about the cool shit or the more money they've made and everything. The justification that I have for going to Maker Central is strong enough that I will scrounge through rusty steel. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully get it into somebody who appreciate the guy is very happy to have the anvil. He's he's like really looking forward to uh being able to use it and it felt really good to watch it leave. I don't need it. Yeah. I do not need a, a second anvil. I'm I'm very comfortable with what I've got, uh, that are all my own personal tools. And yeah, 
I know that I did that specifically to gain money from it, but that right. money disappeared immediately yeah. when it's like, now I can actually get tickets to make it essential that it was a one-to-one and, and I had to get the money to pay for the flights and yeah. I don't like putting everything on credit cards. So that's the way that I did it. Yeah. I had a guy, uh, an older fellow tell me one time at an event I was at, he said, uh, don't, what do, how did he word this? He said, don't look at um, how to make the next buck. Look at how to make, how to get the next tool. Something along those lines. It was like, don't look at it as how can I make this a hundred dollars. He said, look at it how you can get the hundred dollar grinder. You know, yeah. He was like that's the way he worded it, and I was like, well, shit, he's right. Like, why would you? <laughs> ultimately, ultimately, we don't care. The money's a, a it, you know, it's it's the uh, it's just the glue that is, I guess, bonding the, the the relationship between you and your shop space or whatever, yeah. whatever you're doing. But you know. Um, Figure out a way to get the next thing that you want. Yeah. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be with money. It can be for trading or what. You know, essentially what Brett did was he traded an anvil for Maker Central tickets. There was <laughs> yeah. no involved. You know what I mean? That's yeah. just the way. so. That's why at the start of it, I said my anvil was free because all I did was trade this for this. Yeah. <laughs> Happened to be the middleman. So if whether it be a shop space, whether it be the next tool you want to get figure out a way to get it and the money's just the middleman you'll you'll figure out a way if you're you know keep after it and just um i think there is a dedication to it though yeah i mean that 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 anvil i got six months ago yeah i was like really hoping to you know like oh man if i could get this thing flipped around that'd be great yeah but it's even when you don't have a trade situation like that it it does become like well okay if i can give myself three months maybe i'll get there but you have to keep on it for three months yeah, yeah. and like a lot of times you go i need this thing or i need to justify spending the money for this and you go okay well i'll save for three months and then a month and a half in you kind of forget right, and then that yeah. three months hits and you go well i guess i still don't really need it i'll just i'll just wait a little bit yeah. longer and then it but it's the same with your car or your rent or your mortgage yeah. or whatever the thing is life in general that becomes like pushing it back a little bit further justifying you know uh, like we were talking about earlier where, well, if I had 10 grand, well, you're not going to get 10 grand tomorrow. <laughs> that, 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 that happening very, very slim. Yeah. So what do you do to get a hundred dollars in that direction? Right. Yeah. That can be stressful for a lot of people. Yeah. Like I've been in that yeah. situation where gaining a hundred bucks in even a month's time, somehow extra seems unattainable. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's been getting slightly better. I feel <laughs> a lot more comfortable nowadays, you know, making those, those decisions and having those aspirations in my head, it gets a little bit easier. Like the more times it succeeds, yeah, the easier it is to justify that extra work, whether it's driving six hours or volunteering to go and help your friend break down a thing so that you can rebuild it because it saves 75% of what it would cost. Like all of that really starts to add up. And yeah. when Steve goes full time, he's going to trade all of his vices. For- <laughs> 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 exactly. I mean, the thing is, is like, because again, like those vices, I get they're they're something that as soon as I've got the time, yeah, I can I can clean them up, I can get them working again, and I can I can trade them on. And and like you say, they they are very much going to be a case of they'll be traded on, so I can then afford to get the next tool, the next vice, the next whatever. There's a there's a fair few things that are on the list, and that's kind of what I'm aiming for. Um, but I was just going to like bring it back to what Brett was saying about trading things up i i um 
I was on uh, Facebook Marketplace uh, a little while back, and I'm I'm on there every day. I'm just quickly looking, see if there's anything new, just just to see if there's any good deals out there. And it's not necessarily about what um, like looking for that one specific thing. It's sometimes just having a look and and seeing if there's anything out there. And um, I, I know I know I put it on my Instagram a little while back, but uh, basically this guy was selling like twenty seven thirty also uh high bay lights like big industrial lights um with just like spun aluminium uh shades and he was selling them for i can't remember what it was like four quid a pop or something like that but he wanted it was only if the whole lot was going to yeah. go and um and i looked at it and i was like i'm fairly certain i could like clean a couple of them up and i could sell them on for x amount more each and then i'd be able to take like I'd have a few left over that I could then use because I had a, another project in mind that they'd be really, really good for. And eventually just went, you know what? Fuck it. Message the guy. I was like, yeah, I'll have them. I'll have the lot. Um, and he was really happy because he'd had a few people messaging him that were like, oh, can I can I just get a couple? Can I just get this? So what I ended up doing is going and seeing him, uh, moving them all back to my workshop, which he ended up giving me a hand with because he just he wanted it done as quickly as possible. So he just went them out of the way. So he used his van to bring them all over um dumped them all out my workshop he then got in contact with the people that had asked him about buying just a few of them um and i think there was three people in total two of them messaged me uh and i ended up selling them a handful of the lights for almost exactly what i paid for the whole bunch of lights in the first place so i ended up with all these lights essentially for free because i I'd been willing to to be that middleman to kind of to take that trade and and to deal with the hassle of splitting them up and dismantling them and putting them in, uh, aside and all that and going through like which ones are good which ones are shit. When you started that little store, I knew exactly where you were going. <laughs> you are so similar. I've bought like the dumbest shit that I don't need. Yeah. I could figure out a way to get this thing by doing yeah. these things. Exactly. <laughs> and we still have stuff left over. Yeah, and that's the thing. He's like, Those it's one... yeah. <laughs> but like that, that's one of the things that I love about doing when I go to flea markets is right. seeing something and seeing someone that's got a job lot of something that nobody else has a clue what to do with, and going, I can work out a way to to you know to to like Brett said to, to flip it, right? And that that's not necessarily flip it as in like I'm going to flip it and I'm going to become a millionaire. Like I'm not I'm not being dull boy. It's just a case yeah. of like. I can sell that on, or I know someone that needs that, and then they've got this thing that I need. And even to the point where I'll quite often, if I see something that I know is a really good deal, and I know that somebody else wants it, like um, like say if I see a really nice hand plane, and it's cheap, <laughs> and I'll go, I know who'd like that, and I'll buy it for Phil. Yeah. And then I'll message Phil afterwards and be like, by the way, you owe me £10, and I've just got you a £300 plane sort of thing. Right. And... Uh, and and doing things like that, and by doing things like that, like I get, to, I know quite a lot of the guys at the flea markets now. Yeah. So like a couple of them will even put things aside for me and and things like that because it, it, it again it comes back to building those relationships and and kind of getting to know people. I am flying over there and I'm going to these flea markets. <laughs> <laughs> like You're bro- also going our to flea, go broke. Our, our flea market- <laughs> over here are not like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean this is this is a lot of like hunting and searching but it's like that yeah. that uh that twin jaw vice like right. that thing i picked up that and another vice for like 35 quid for the pair 
just because the guy was like, yeah, I don't know what they are. I just want to get rid of them. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but I know that I've not seen one like it before. So right. I know that that's probably a rarity. It's like, I'm going to have that. And I'm going to do something with it. And um, and yeah, and, and that's the thing is it, it, I think for me, it's a case of kind of learning enough about like, especially regarding the tools and things like learning enough about the tools to know, is that a good deal? Is it not? Um, and when it is a good deal, taking it because I know Phil Pinsky on um, the other podcast, he'll quite often um, he, he like he he makes a point of saying like he will quite often buy a tool um, that's on Craigslist or um, Facebook Marketplace or whatever that's going really cheap. He'll buy it because he knows that the photo of it looks shitty and looks crummy and it looks like it's not worth a lot. And then he'll literally bring it home, clean it, take a nice photo. And put it up for twice the price. Welcome to my everyday life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and that's what it's about. And that's what I've done with like that's why I've got all those leg vices because I know that they just need a clean and a decent photo. And and I can I can pass them on and I can pass them on to someone that's actually going to use them rather than someone that's going to put them on the wall. Right. I I will say that this makes me think about the the challenge of using the the <laughs> not the best tool. Isn't yeah, it having you sitting next to me. Just <laughs> yeah. hard. Um, Al, Al, we've talked about limitations plenty of times, and, and the hack shack and the space and reused materials, and um, you utilize a lot of scrap and leftover bits. But you also, I think, you do have an eye to know that that is worth something or can be worth something towards a build, or you have enough knowledge that you're able to sort out the problem or, or fix it or even making Tira, which is like all the different crazy parts that you put together for that. And this is absolutely a perspective. I will precede this statement by saying this, <laughs> perspective. but the, the reason I am very comfortable knowing that I can either a do more with less, or I don't need to save up to buy the $500 grinder to begin with is because there for me, there has to be a reason of why is that the best one? Cause I have yet to be like staunchly proven in terms of saying like, here's a $30 grinder, use it. Okay. Here's a $500 grinder. Use that one. Seemed like they kind of did the same thing to me. Yep. Now one may last longer. One may have more torque or whatever, but it, at face value, like learning why that's the best tool or why it is the expensive one or where the cost comes in in it. Um, yeah shop space the same deal you know your environment and and the consumables and all of that kind of stuff it's a justifying price and cost comes with the the knowledge learned by working with secondhand tools or scrap you know yeah well why do i need to upgrade you still have that ryobi grinder that worked like a dream the whole weekend the one that fell in the water bucket in your path (laughs) this was this was like uh six years ago i was running the grinder and it fell into the bucket running. I didn't unplug it, picked it up by the cord, and <laughs> threw it across the shop. <laughs> Let it dry out on the workbench. Just came in the next day and plugged it in, and I've had it. This was a long time ago. <laughs> this was the the very, very base model Ryobi angle grinder that you could buy. I think at the yeah. time, the well, hell, it still might be $29 or something. Right. It's yeah. like cheapest of the cheap but it's it's i i i like the process of of learning to appreciate why that's a good tool yeah. and why it may carry the cost or the 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 impact that it's going to have on you financially yeah. 
um, I like to be justified. Right. And I also think there's something really fun and about the challenge itself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, okay, we don't have a, well, there is a $30,000 CNC makes- machine sitting right now. <laughs> Imagine you don't have access to something cause I don't know how to run it, yeah. but all you're looking at is that, that investment, just like you said earlier, Steve, time and money, there's going to be a give there. You could cut every dimensional sign out on a bandsaw, which yeah. is like a tenth of the price of that CNC machine, but it will take 30 times longer. Yeah. End of the day, I, it's an investment one way or the other. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I completely agree because it's like this, like we, we've talked about it before. I, I've used a lot of um, tools and, and I do kind of, I know what I want for, for what I want to use it for. Um, but there's like when it comes to woodworking tools, for example, I'm, I'm not going to go spending um, $300 on a set of Lee Nielsen chisels or whatever. Like I've, I've got a set that are from Lidl that cost me six pound and they've, they've done everything I need them to do. Open open tins. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Using the crappier or the shittier tool makes you a better maker in the long run. Because if there ever is a point where you get the fancy high dollar one, you're just going to be that much better at using it yeah. <laughs> or what have you. But I think ultimately fixing and uh, making and, um, you know, fixing the tool that may be broken or kind of yeah. you know, janky and making it better to work with what you want it to do, you know, makes yeah. you a better maker in person. And yeah. Because yeah. I mean, again, like, like Brett said, like it, it links back to that whole, time money thing like you know i i could go to a flea market and i could pick up a load of old rusty chisels and if i spend a few hours cleaning them re completely resharpening and rehoning them you know i've got then a really nice set of chisels that i paid what a pound for six and then put in a load of my time rather than going to yandles or wherever and buying a set of really nice expensive ones for 400 quid and being able to use them straight away and like i say i i i have no appreciation for for the woodworking tools because i don't <laughs> like we get it Steve. Yeah, well, no, well no just because i don't have the experience with them like like you said like i don't have that I'm with you that, <laughs> what is Jeff? Burning? <laughs> but you know like I, I don't have that that experience so to me it, it like i don't have the appreciation for for why one plane is better than another plane to me they're just they're things that make hammers yeah yeah exactly (laughs) but they're things that like take one slice of wood off and then don't work again and i can't figure out why (laughs) (laughs) but uh and that's what happens when you buy a plane from little (laughs) um but i love i love what you were saying about um having an eye for stuff and i think that's kind of coming around full circle to what to what chris and, and steve you were saying about like um you know, knowing to 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 put the cash out for for specific things because it's going to be worth it. You know, it's gonna it's gonna pay you back in the long run. Um, but Brett, yeah, absolutely. Like I remember being at um, a flea market. It wasn't a flea market; it was just a terrible like car boot sale. <laughs> but some dude was uh, getting rid of golf clubs, and I was like, you know, I just kept going past this stall, and I was like, golf clubs. And he got to the end of the day, and he obviously didn't want to take them home, and he was like, ten pence a golf club. And so I just got like 50 golf clubs off him Brilliant. for 10 pence each. Like what, yeah. what could you not want? Like, even if I'm just using the, 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 the steel shafts, yeah. you know, that's 
for 10 pence for like a you know a meter of steel shaft it was it was fine and they're all tapered but then you've also got the rubber grips you've got all the iron on the end you know you've got bits of you know like there's all sorts to a golf club and and the only reason i bought them is because like i know i can make shit out of those yeah um there's 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 gonna be something where they're gonna come in handy um and it's just having that that little bit of foresight it was the same with um my mate was getting rid of his old trampoline with his kid and like the the canvas was fucked and like as a trampoline it was absolutely no good but there's 80 high tensile springs, you know, there's an, uh, a galvanized steel frame that's like, you know, tube section yeah. curved. And it's like, basically that's what I'm going to make the extension for from on the hack shack. Cause yeah. it's this really cool, like uh tube section. And it's like, yes. that's, that's just going to make an awesome roof. Yeah. Um, and they'll, you know, it's all like modular, so you can put it on hinges and stuff, and it can fold out. And it's like, yes, as a trampoline, it was worth nothing, and he wouldn't have been able to sell it. He wouldn't have been able to put it on um, Facebook Marketplace or anything because nobody wants a broken trampoline. Yeah. But if you could look past past it and go, oh, actually, there's some really handy shit in there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. having that having that bit of foresight, I think, is really really important. When when if money's tight, just be smart about it instead. Yeah. No, I think that's. Uh... In fact, I think that that point is so good, you could almost say that it was spiffing. People that we think that are spiffing. Uh, okay. Wait, Wait you just fucked the whole order up? Uh, cool. What? <laughs> Absk. No, uh, no, Kara was um, doing that. Cool. Oh, okay. uh, so I was going to oh. go first. This Shut the fuck up. <laughs> And I'm disruptive. <laughs> and I'm back. <laughs> oh. So, I was going to go first this week. Al? Yep. Thanks, Steve. Um, I would like to, uh, rather appropriately, but also just coincidentally, um, spiff a German filmmaker by the name of Spectre Berlin because he just directed the new Ramstein video, which is fucking ah. amazing. If you've not seen it, it's a nine-minute video, and the song's called Deutschland, and it's just utterly unbelievable. And you've got to watch it loads of times because there's loads of hidden stuff in it. Um, it's very non-PC, um, but the video is just tits. The song's good, but the video's amazing. Um, and, yeah, just the attention to detail, everything went into it. Um, yeah, it's it's sick. So go and watch the new Ramstein video. Um, nice. Very well directed. Cool. Uh, was it Ab- Absk? Brett? Absk. Well, it's on me now. I totally have myself. I'm ready. I have a person. <laughs> I thought I was just going to pair up with Chris because we kind of had a similar thing. Yeah, we oh. can have, we can have a joint cop out if you want. Steve, you go. Steve. Steve. Uh, I am going to go with. Um, You're giving me this much shit. Your thumbnail better be fucking amazing. <laughs> So for mine, I'm going to go with uh, mine's kind of a twofer um, because we were talking about uh, like shop space and having somewhere to go and and all of that sort of bollocks um, and the the whole thing about if you don't necessarily have the space to create your own workshop, then there's always places around that will do it. So uh, mine is going to go to the steel yard um, up in. John D. Harvey land um, because it's uh, 
for those of you that, that don't follow John D. Harvey, sort your fucking life out and follow him. Um, and it's where he goes and does a lot of his blacksmithing stuff. And, you know, he's now got this, his, his own little studio space there. And he goes and does all these really cool things. And they do um, like iron paws and some really fucking cool stuff. Um, so as like a, a maker space slash like hub, I think it's a, a wonderful, wonderful place. And I really, really hope I get to visit it one day. Uh, hopefully soon. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm going to spiff both John and the steel yard. Cause if it wasn't for John, I wouldn't know about the steel yard. So yeah, that one. Right. Are you guys ready with the cop out? <laughs> Motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fact that Brett isn't even looking at the camera. He's like, nope, I'm not going to look at you. <laughs> spiff. <laughs> now it feels uncomfortable to sing. His fucking ass told me, I was, told me I was copping out. I'm not fucking copping out. I, I genuinely want to the community, everybody, anybody that supported anything that I have ever done with any of my friends or just, you know, followers on Instagram, people that watch the YouTube video, anything that I'm doing that uh, anybody else is supporting. I'm 100% uh, behind, and uh, yeah, so I I think being positive in this whole journey that everybody's on, no matter what you're doing or what you're making, uh, stay positive, and uh, yeah, that's the best way to be. Beautiful. Right. Um, What he said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wonderful. Uh, Okay. So, if you want to find us, and wait, oh no, fuck, any other business? You're both going to say no now, aren't you? Is Al alive? Is Al yeah, frozen? I'm here. Okay, there we go. Uh, are you working on the thumbnail already? Obviously. Okay. We'll shoot another video soon. I don't know when, but I promise everybody that's asking me 900 times a day, I promise that when uh, when stuff calms down. Oh, I'm I'm putting up, uh, speaking of shops, keep an eye on uh, my Instagram stories because I'm actually putting up a new shop behind. <laughs> yeah, and I should have touched on it in the episode, but... Um, Maybe that would have been a good idea. It's going to be... Um, <laughs> It's going to be built around a shipping container. Ooh. Nice. Wait, that's fucking weird because that is genuinely what me and dad were talking about uh, this afternoon. All right, let's restart the podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Go now. So, Chris, Whoa. what have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> Just popping out. That's all. Yeah. Just popping out. <laughs> so, no, cool. keep an eye on Instagram. You'll see that. I'm going to build a, a sea container shopish thing. Yeah, that's it awesome. for me. Uh, and if you want to follow Chris on Instagram, you can find him at MT underscore Philip, not, no, there's no S. So Mount Philip underscore iron, is it underscore iron underscore works or iron works one word? Metal. Metal works? Philip Metal. Metal works. That's the one. Uh, with, yeah, there's some underscores and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Underscores and shit, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> and if you want to follow us three, you can find us on all the usual places. Uh, you can find me at Moonshot Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Yes. Uh, and you can find us as a collective at FWT Podcast. And you can join us in the Facebook group at FWT. Oh, fucking bollocks. Uh, you can join us in the Facebook group, Facebook group at Facebook. We let anyone in. We let thousands of people in today. 
Yeah, like literally like 4,000 people <laughs> in one day. We will, we will quite happily do that. Uh, <laughs> what? Did we hit 500? Oh, we hit 1,000 on Instagram as well. Oh, nice. What? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I think 500 in the group or something as well. Because we're a little bit more selective than uh, than certain other podcasts. Uh, yes. Uh, we Find us on Facebook. It, just search for all the tools. Um, <laughs> uh, Brett, Brett's giving us two thumbs up. So that's time to go. Love you, everyone. Bye. Bye.